2024, you're still doing the impossible, Lord. You're still moving mountains, God. You're still healing cancer, Lord. You're still defeating the enemy, Father. You're keeping the, the enemy at bay, God. We believe, Lord, for tonight. Lord, there be situations among us, but we believe in a living God. Lord, we believe that our hearts have been turned. Lord, we believe in a God that, that promises, Lord, that can never fail a believer, Lord. We believe, Lord, that it's not just God above us. We believe it's more than just God, Lord, walking the shores of Galilee, but now Father, in this evening time, God is once again, Lord, coming in on the inside of humanity. Lord, the Word being made flesh once again, Father. We're here, Lord. We believe. And we're asking, Lord, let the Word have its way tonight. Let the anointing break the yoke tonight, God. Lord, may the spirits of fear leave tonight. And Lord, the spirits of depression and oppression, God, may they leave tonight. And may the, may the conquering King come forth tonight, God. And Lord, may you encourage every heart. Speak to every need. Minister to every life, Father. We ask it tonight, Lord. Lord, as we just present this word to you, God, we ask you'll anoint it and you'll break the bread of life to us. We believe. We believe, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, we'll look here in Matthew 3 and verse 13. Amen. We find here in Matthew 3 and verse 13 through verse 17, we find God testifying of his son. So we're going to look at this tonight. It says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to, to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, comest thou to me. And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were open unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. God bless you. You can have your seats tonight. Also, I want you to look over at Matthew 4. This is immediately, immediately following the baptism. We find here in Matthew 4, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward a hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God. If thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But he answered and he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. But that wasn't enough. The devil came again. He said, then the devil taking them into a holy city and he set them on a pinnacle of the temple. And he saith unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone. So we find here, and I want to speak to you tonight, if I could, for just a little bit, we have the answer. How many of you have ever been questioned and you didn't have the answer? Makes you real, feel real insecure, doesn't it? You feel really intimidated when somebody asks you a question that you should know, but you don't have the answer. But you know, it's a different story when you have the answer. 
It's a different story when somebody asks you a question or there's a, a problem that is presented to you and yet you have the answer. You don't have to shy away in unbelief. You don't have to shy away in fear. You don't have to shy away in intimidation. Because why? Because you have the answer. So it gives a sense of pride. It gives a sense of security. It gives a sense of ownership when you have the answer. And I want you to know tonight as we go into 2024, we as the bride of Christ, we have the answer. We have the answer to the sin question. We had the answer to sickness. We had the answer to cancer. We had the answer to broken homes. We had the answer to sons and daughters of God going out in the world. We have the answer tonight. We have the answer. We don't have to, to knock down with the devil. God has given us the answer tonight. So notice what we find here, Satan, Jesus wasn't tempted by some spirit of fear or some spirit of depression or some other kind of little minion of the devil. He was tempted by the devil himself. Because you find that in the scriptures, there's prophecies concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus. Genesis 3 and verse 15 says, I'll put enmity between thy seed and the woman. Between, uh, and it shall bruise thy head and it shall bruise his heel. And then we find in Isaiah 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Let's look at a few more. Isaiah 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful. Isn't he wonderful tonight? Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. And he's still the Prince of Peace. We find here in Micah 5 and verse 2. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Though thou be little among the, the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be the ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from the old, from everlasting. Hosea 11 and verse 1, that he called my son out of Egypt. And we're all familiar with Isaiah 53. Who had believed our report and who, to whom of the arm of the Lord is revealed? He shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form of comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. And yet he was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Verse 4, and he had borne our griefs and he carried our sorrows. And yet we did esteem him stricken, spitten of God. And he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. The Bible says he was oppressed and yet he opened not his mouth. All these scriptures foretelling of Jesus' coming. And yet when he came, Satan doubted. And yet when he came to his own, his own believed him not. They doubted. And Brother Branham will tell us, he says now, Satan always comes with if. And if he came with Jesus with the if question, he comes to you in this hour with the if question. He said he always comes with if. That question mark always across the word. If thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. And notice Jesus, he said, Jesus never said, I am the son of God. I rebuke thee, Satan. He said, it is written. He said, it is written. The father's word, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. 
He says now in another place, earnestly contending for the faith. He says, always Satan putting a question mark across the word of God. If thou be, if you be a healer, let him heal this one. If it be this, let it be that. See, it's always, that's the question mark. And notice, he said, if thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made of bread. He had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And yet he come to Jesus at his weak point, And he said, if you are that promised Messiah, if you are the one that's been prophesied to come, if you are that seed that I've been looking for all through the ages, if you're that one, then command these stones to be made of bread. You're sitting there. You claim to be God. And yet you're hungry. Yet you're willing. God had left you here by yourself. If you're God, command the stones to be made bread. Otherwise, perform a miracle and then I'll believe you. Notice Satan trying to excite him in his mind to distrust his care of God. That God placed him. God ordained him. God positioned him. God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. See, that wasn't Jesus making that declaration. That was God the Father declaring that Jesus is his son in whom he is well pleased. And Brother Brandon will tell us like this. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. I believe that in his body, he was a man. He was born of a woman just like I was. But his blood was not a woman. It was God. And Jehovah God, the Logos, who brewed over the earth and brewed first man out of the dust of the earth, overshadowed Mary and brewed over her to fulfill his word and created the blood cell that brought forth the son of the living God. He says in the message of total deliverance, Jesus was completely, totally man. He could cry like a man. He could eat like a man. He could be tired like a man. He was completely, totally man in his physical being, but in his spirit, he was completely, totally God. Oh, that should give you confidence tonight, church, to realize that we're completely, totally man. We're completely, totally the daughters of God, but yet inside of this humanity, we're completely, totally God. Because why? God once again came to tabernacle our humanity. Deity is no longer in heaven, but it's in you that's sitting here tonight. Almighty God had come down once again, and he's making a declaration that we have the answer. It's no longer you contending with the devil with your mere flesh, but Almighty God has come down to give you faith to overcome, to give you life to live above sin. Notice now what he says. You see, he was tempted in all manners like we are. He was a man, not an angel. He was a man. He had desires and temptations like we do. The Bible said it did. He was a man, not an angel above temptation. He was a man, completely man. That God took a complete man to bring total deliverance. And he filled him with his spirit. The Holy Ghost was in him without measure. And he was tempted like we were. Sometimes you feel when you're tempted, you feel like you're all alone, don't you? But he had already been through that temptation. Notice, he was tempted like we were. He was completely God. He proved it when he raised the dead. When he stopped nature, the roaring seas, the mighty winds, when he spoke to the trees and so forth, and they obeyed him. He was God inside. 
Oh, brother, sister, we can look past the veil of our humanity tonight. You will see God inside once again. Otherwise, what was this message for? Otherwise, what's the purpose of having the Holy Ghost if it's not God inside? He was God without measure. We're God with measure. Notice, we're men and women, but we're also Christians, and he's our example. Let us completely deliver our lives into the hands of the Holy Ghost that we might be subjects of the kingdom of God. Brother Bam goes on to say that he was totally man, and he was totally God. See, but he surrendered his natural parts, his physical parts, his own thinking, his own doing, his own cares. And he says, I only do that which pleases the Father. And no wonder Satan would come in question, if thou be. If thou be the Son of God. How can you be the Son of God when you're totally, completely man? And how can you be totally, completely man and yet claim to be God? See the question? But see, Satan knew that he caused man to fall in the beginning. And Satan knew that from that point, never have a man ever been able to overcome his vices, ever to live a life free from sin. Every man had its own share of weaknesses. He came and he was, every man was guilty of sin. Therefore, Satan questioned, how can you be the son of God? And notice, he's been looking down through the ages, looking for this one, looking for that seed that was going to bruise his head. Because he had a purpose. He was going to stop that seed from coming. He was going to destroy that seed before that seed destroyed him. But when that seed came and manifested, he didn't recognize the seed. Nor does he recognize the seed today. The Bible says he came to his own and his own received him not. Scholars, great scholars, Pharisees and Sadducees, they longed for Jesus to come. They looked for the coming Messiah. They anticipated it. And when he came, they thought he would come with a full angel salute. They thought he was going to come and he was going to liberate them from Roman oppression. He was going to come and he was going to set the temple in order. He was going to be a Pharisee or a Sadducee. He was going to be a great intellectual teacher. And he was going to set everything in order. But when he came. But when he came. When he came, he didn't come the way they thought he should come. He came born in a manger. He came in a stable. He came in a a supposedly illegitimate birth. But when he came, he still came the son of God. But he was unrecognized. And he was questioned. And Brother Brown would tell us that when he he came and he was 45 days being tempted, Satan, Satan hit him at his weak point. And Satan loves to hit you at your weak point. Notice he comes, but he said, it is written. Took him to the top of the pinnacle and set him up there. If you be the son of God, cast thyself down and, you know, give his father's word charging you. And he said, it is written. It is written every place that he faced a question. He answered with, it is written. Now, why would God need to be tempted? Because he was totally man. 
And as man, he had to overcome so that when we got down to the last age, we got down to the last people, there was no more another message coming, no more another age promise. And God got down to the finality of the finality. There would be a people once again, they're not relying on their flesh. They're not relying on how much word they know, but they're relying on one thing, that it is written, it is written, it's just as almighty God defeated Satan in his humanity. There would be a people again in the end time and they would defeat the same devil, the same temptations, the same trial, the same tempter with the same word and it would produce the same effect. And he's still God tonight. He's still overcoming tonight and he's still tabernacling our flesh tonight. But man will tell us, he says, now when you get the Holy Ghost, he said the first thing the devil comes right along with temptations. When you get the Holy Ghost, not playing about it, when you get it. And we're going to dig into that here a little bit tonight. He says, when you claim your healing, he said, you watch the devil come right along to back her up and say it's wrong. He says, that's the time to stand. That's the time to stand when you claim your healing. Because why? You don't testify what you see or feel. You testify of what you believe. He said, Jesus come along when he was baptized and straightway went to the water and a voice spoke out. This is my beloved son. And I believe he's gotten down to the Laodicean church age. And I believe once again, he's looked down and he's claimed this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter. This is my church. This is my bride. This is my people. Why? Because they're not relying on the words of a man. They're not relying on denominations. They're not relying on somebody else. But they're relying on the word of God and the baptism of the Holy Ghost that come down in this hour just like it did on the day of Pentecost. It came down. Some may have spoken tongues, but one thing for sure, they were changed when they walked out. And that's the same power the same anointing, the same effects of the Holy Ghost tonight. Some of you may speak in tongues. Some of you may speak, uh, may have a, a vision. Some may, whatever it may be. But all of us, if you receive the Holy Ghost, it is no longer you and your humanity, but it's Almighty God living Himself out. And it's changed your sin nature. And now you have a desire for the things of God. Now you have a hunger for the Word. But if you're still hungry for video games and hunger for YouTube and TikTok and all this other stuff, it declares that you ain't got what you expect to have. I'm not saying it's wrong to look at that, but when you're feeding on it nonstop, something ain't right. Because the Holy Ghost comes down and it changes your desires. Notice, Satan had faced a lot of great men through the ages. Noah was a righteous man, but he was a drunk. Think about it. Abraham was a great man, but he lied. Jacob. Seemed like everything fell in Jacob's lap because he was a shyster, a pathological deceiver. Eli. He was an incapable father. David. A man after God's own heart committed adultery and had a man murdered. Moses. Moses was a great man, but Moses had a temper. 
Oh, but what am I telling you? Why are you saying this, Brother Joe? Because I'm telling you that all these men had their share of weaknesses. But when it came down to Jesus, oh, and then when, when, when the enemy tempted Jesus, he realized he was more than just a Noah. He was more than just an Abraham. He was more than just a Moses. There was something different about this one. And let me tell you, when he comes against you in this hour, oh, I'm, oh I want the devil to know this ain't Moses that you're messing with. This ain't Noah that you're messing with. This ain't Abraham that you're messing with. I'm a son of God tonight. I've been born of the Spirit of God. And Jesus Christ is on the inside. I may not overcome you with my flesh. But what's on the inside of me. He's greater and mightier than you are. He realized that it was more than Moses. Oh, church. He realized that Jesus was the answer. That he was the answer to all the scriptures that prophesied of a Messiah. He was the answer that prophesied of your healing. He was the answer to the scriptures that says, by your, his stripes, we are healed. Notice. But Satan doubted. He said, this can't be the son of God. There's no way. If he's the son of God then why would he allow this to happen? Well, they took him there and they beat him and they whooped him and a man ripped his beard from his, from his face and he said not a word and yet the devil doubted because why? Because he said, how could this be God and he not crucify him? How could this be God and he not bring some kind of punishment upon these men when they spit in his face and pull the be- his beard from his face? Oh, but church... When death met Jesus, death knew that he met something different. Brother Bamba said, I can hear it coming now. You hear the bump, bump, bump along the cobblestone road. And, and, and Satan's there doubting the entire time. This can't be. He, he can't be nothing more than just a prophet. This ain't no way this is the son of God. If he was, he wouldn't be allowing this. And the bee of death began to buzz around. And he began to ask, oh, Satan, you want me to sting him now? He said, yeah, go down there. I don't believe that's God. I don't believe he's the son of God. I don't believe he's the one that's been prophesied to come. Oh, let me tell you, when that bee of death hooked his stinger into Jesus Christ, he knew right there something was different he stung Noah and Noah went by the way of the grave and he could sting Abraham and Abraham went and he stung this one but when he stung Jesus oh hallelujah he lost his stinger death lost his sting oh thou son of God here he is again in the end time church death don't have no sting to us tonight we're more than a match for the enemy why because we got the same Lord Jesus oh when he anchored that sting of death inside of him oh death knew its maker Death knew that Jesus was the answer to every question. Oh, he knew something was different. And notice, Brother Brown would tell us, he said that the Old Testament had their ages, just like the New Testament Gentile has seven church ages, so did the Old Testament believers had their ages. And notice, Jesus came at the end of the age. He came as fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures prophesying of a Messiah. And if that was the case, Brother Bram would tell us, and it is the rising of the sun, the same word that spoke of a groom speaks of the bride. 
So what are you saying, Brother Joe? I'm saying that God still replicates himself. He's already said, and we find here in John 1 and verse 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become sons of God. Notice, that's not your distinction. That's not your declaration. You don't make yourself a son. I can't make you a son. But Almighty God made you a son. To them that believed him, them that received him, to them gave he the power to become sons of God. And we find in 1 John 3 and verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. Notice, it's the Father bestowing this title of son. That we should be called. That word called there means to bear a name or a title. To be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. And it do not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be just like him. So Satan today comes and he questions your claim as a son and daughter of God. He questions the authority for you to use the word of God. He questions the distinction that God put on you that this is my beloved son. Notice the Bible tells us, well, Brother Joe, how do we become a son of God? We look in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13. The Bible says, for by one spirit are we baptized into one body. Whether we be Jew or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, we all have been made to drink in one spirit. So Satan questions your experience. You that's been born again, how many of you got the Holy Ghost tonight? Hallelujah. Satan questions you on a daily basis whether you got it or not. But God already spoke a word concerning your coming. Genesis, we find in Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image after our likeness. We find in Genesis 2 and verse 7, the Lord God made man of the dust of the ground and he breathed in his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. We find in Ephesians 5 and verse 27 that he wants to present himself a glorious church. Notice not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that is, should be holy without blemish. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 2, For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Then we find in Revelation 22 and verse 17, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. So there's a word concerning a bride. There's a prophecy concerning a bride. So if there's a prophecy concerning a bride, then that bride must come forth. But Satan is there doubting, if thou be. If thou be. See, everything that Christ was, we are. Everything that he was, we are. He would tell us in John 15 and verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. Notice, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. There's got to be fruit. From our lives. And I understand that we find people today. Ministers today. They don't want the fruits of the Holy Spirit. They, don't, they think it's all emotion. But it's not all emotion. It is fruit that's to come forth. If you're feeding off or living off the natural vine. The genuine vine. And not some man made vine. 
And we know that we, we've been through this over and over and over. Brother Bram talked about the grafted in limbs. They'll not bear oranges or the lemon will not bear, or they'll bear lemons and, and they'll bear grapefruit. But if that branch ever puts forth another branch, it's going to be like the original. Because it's going to be living off the, the life of the vine. And what am I telling you? That today we're not grafted in sons and daughters of God. We're born in sons and daughters of God. We can't help but produce what's on the inside of us. A sheep don't have to manufacture wool. It's a sheep. It produces wool. And sons and daughters of God, we don't have to manufacture signs. We don't have to manufacture speaking in tongues. That happens because we're sons of God. Because the Almighty God's on the inside. And His promised nine spiritual gifts should be in operation in every local assembly. That's God's word. That's to a prophet. So we find... Brother Ben will tell us the true believer is drawing from the same source. Drawing from the same source. But notice Galatians 4 and verse 4. And we're going to kind of get into this and just for a little bit this evening. When the fullness of time was come. And Brother Tim, I'm borrowing some of this from our conversation that you've been sharing with the ministers. So I'm going to go along those lines for a little bit tonight. So I'm going to do a little plagiarism. But you know what? When you're a minister, there's no plagiarism. It's free territory. It's like Wikipedia. We just go add to and take away. So I'm borrowing from Brother Tim tonight. So I promise I won't do half a good a job as he does. But that's all right. Just buckle up. We're going to get there. Notice he says, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them. To redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant. Some of you need to get that right there. You're no more a servant. Some of you come into church with your head down. That's servant mentality. You're not a servant. You're a son. Stick your head up, pull your shoulders back and realize I'm a son. I'm no longer a servant. I'm not a servant to the devil. You never belong to the devil. You always belong to God. He said, redeem means to buy back. It's to restore to the original owner. God, by his death, the shed blood, bought back his own. See, he bought back the spoken word seed bride. My sheep hear my voice, the word, and they follow me. He says, you always were a sheep. Always were a sheep. He said, you never were a pig or a dog turned into a sheep. Some of y'all should shout hallelujah and amen. You're not a dog. You're not a pig. You don't have to slop around in the things of the world. You're a son and daughter of God. Note, he said, that's impossible. for." He says, you're not a, you never were a pig or a dog turned into a sheep. That's impossible for every kind of life produces the same kind there is. There's no change in a species. We were, we were in the thoughts of God and then expressed in flesh. Then there had to come a day that we would hear the voice or the word. See, the thoughts of God, that's where we were before the foundation of the world. And through the ministry of Malachi 4, God is restoring a people back to those thoughts. 
because he's turning the hearts and lives of those people back to the faith of the fathers. So he sent us a message to quicken the seed that laid on the inside. To And we find, but Satan, he may have covered that seed up. He may have put a lot of dirt on it, a lot of, a lot of grime on it, a lot of sin, a lot of habits. You may have a lot of scars, but there'd come a day, one day you would hear that voice. You'd hear Mama Eagle scream out. You wasn't made there for that chicken yard. You don't look the same. You don't act the same. Your feathers are not the same. Your speech is not the same. All it took was one day to recognize I heard that eagle scream and you realize you wasn't an earthbound chicken, but you was a son and daughter of God. You always was an eagle, church. Why? Because eagle life was on the inside, not chicken life. Eagle life. We got an eagle message. And it's worth flying into the heavenlies and get out of these earthbound conditions we've been in. Notice, Brother Brown will tell us in the, the church age, he said, now comes our triumphal, our triumphal capstone on the baptism with the Holy Ghost. Now, we're speaking about we have the answer. I want you to realize tonight that that answer lays in none other than the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy You have to know tonight, church, that you have it. I'm not talking about playing games. I'm not talking about just being sanctified and coming up to the borderline and, and everything looks to part, but yet you still got these desires on the inside. I'm talking about you got to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that your life has been, 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 been baptized with the Holy Ghost. He said, thou comes a triumphal capstone on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And because you are sons, God sent forth his spirit into the sun, into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Notice, wherefore thou art no more servant. When God fills you with the Holy Ghost, you're no more servant. That servant mentality is gone. And now you operate as a son. Your name on the check is just as good as the Father's name on the check. It's time, time. Some of you start writing out some checks. Some of you need healing. Some of you need deliverance. Some of you need God to move financially. I say, write the check out tonight. He's still God. He's still on the throne. He's still moving. He's still making a way. Write that check out tonight. If thou be a son of God, you'd write it out. Notice, Jesus, he said, Jesus Christ came forth, died upon the cross, and he accomplished redemption. Restoring to the original owner by means of purchase or the paying of the price. And thereby placed us as sons. As much as I love Brother Tim, he couldn't place me in that position. As much as you love your pastor, he couldn't place you in that position. As much as you love your favorite preacher or even Brother Branham, he couldn't place you in that position. Your adoption is your placing. And when you get the Holy Ghost, that is God signifying, I'm placing you as my son. And now your name on the check is just as good as my name on the check. Write it out. He says, we were held captive by the devil, but we were sons nonetheless. And he says, and hear this. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, whereby you cry, Father, Father. God sent forth, notice he sent forth his spirit. He sent you a message to do what? Turn that heart. I didn't know I was a son of God living out in the world. 
I didn't know I was a son of God doing the things that I did. But deep down inside, God planted a seed there. And one day, and for many of you, all it took was one day. One day you heard from your papa. You heard that that wasn't what you are. You never were that, but you always was a son. Oh, remember what about it, Silas? One day you recognized you didn't have to continue living in that dark life. No, God came across your path in a youth meeting. And what did God do? God completely changed your nature, changed your desires, changed who you are. Why? Because you are a son of God. Notice now, because you always were a son. God sent a message to you. He sent the Holy Ghost to place you, to adopt you as a son. And as adopted sons, we are to manifest the attributes of the Father. Our lives are declaring that He is here. You understand what I'm saying? Your life, the fruits that your life bears, should, if you have the Holy Ghost, not ain't going to say should, it will declare that He is here. Because what he is, we are. Brother Bam will tell us like this is now, it's right to bring him back exactly like he was at the beginning. His same ministry, the same Jesus, the same power, the same Holy Ghost, the same one that come down on the day of Pentecost is the same Holy Ghost that's manifested today from glory unto glory unto glory. And I ask you tonight, if he's to manifest today, where is he doing that? The prophet is no longer on the scene. But God is. The Holy Ghost is. He's still moving in lives. He's still moving. He's still coming out and baptizing people. He's still the same Holy Ghost that fell at the day of Pentecost. And he's still the Holy Ghost tonight. Oh, church. See, it's back in its original seat with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. With signs. Notice. With the same signs. Today now, they don't want the signs. We're immature, right? We don't want signs. We don't want wonders. We got the word. Well, let me tell you, the distinction that you have, the Holy Ghost, is that signs and wonders will follow. He says, with the same signs, the same wonders, the same baptism, the same kind of people acting the same way with the same power. Acting the same way. It's been a long minute that some of you stumbled out of here. But he said it would act the same, with the same way, the same power. He said the same sensations. It's from glory unto glory. So what is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Brother Joe? He said it is the Spirit baptizing you into the body of Christ. That's what the baptism is. He said, notice in another place, the mark of the beast, and I've been studying that message today. I listened to it probably three times already today and two or three times earlier this week. He says, but if you've been justified, that's all good. How many of you have been justified? Man, every hand in the house should be up. He says, if you've been sanctified, that's good. He says, but when you receive the Holy Ghost, it's a finished work. See, God has completed his plan of salvation and sealed it with the baptism of of the Holy Ghost. See, the Holy Ghost in every place in the Bible is a finished work, and God completed his work. And not only is the Holy Ghost God uh, filling us or baptizing us into his body, not only is it a finished work, but the Holy Ghost is also a token. So we're going to look at this just for a minute, Exodus 12 and verse 12. Exodus 12 and verse 12 says, I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. And I will smite their firstborn in the land of Egypt. 
both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt will I execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. So God provided a lamb's death, a blood, as an, an accepted substitute for the firstborn. See, the blood on the doorpost was a token. It was a sign that something died in the inhabitant's place. Is that okay tonight? See, the blood was a visual sign that a lamb had died. Let me just say like how Brother Brandon would say it. He said, when they seen those black wings coming across of death, and a little boy would say, Dad, are you sure the blood's on the door? Are you sure that the blood's on the lintel? And Father would look out there. He said, yes, son, the blood is there. What was it? The blood. The blood is the answer to the question tonight of the death angel. And he's the answer tonight for your questions. He's the answer for your fear. He's the answer for your depression. He's the answer for your oppression. He's the answer for complexes and family strains. He's the answer for sickness. And he's the answer for this dying mortality. One day, brother and sister, this old mortal flesh of ours is going to shed its robe. And we're going to step into a new body. We're going to step in. Why? Because the blood is the answer. Oh, when they were getting ready to leave Egypt, it had to be blood. And if we're getting ready to leave this Egypt, it's got to be blood again. Blood's got to be on the doorpost of your heart. You're not making it out without it. The Holy Ghost seals you. See, it's not something that we have to guess at. We have some that want to preach that you got to have. You got to get justified and you get sanctified. And, and then you get the, the Holy Ghost and then you get adopted. Oh, my goodness. How many of you know that you got adopted? Some of them preach it. I mean, they, they preach it as the guesswork. You got all three, and now all of a sudden, you got to get adopted. Well, the Holy Ghost is your adoption. God ain't going to put his stamp of approval on some unwarranted life. He ain't going to put his stamp of approval on somebody still dabbling in sin, still looking at things he shouldn't look at. No, sir. God puts his stamp of approval on a consecrated, sold out, justified, sanctified, born again, son and daughter of God. That's what he's putting his stamp of approval on. See, it seals you to the day of your redemption. You don't get a ceiling one day and all of a sudden you got to go down a few more weeks or months or years and hope and pray you get adopted. It is your adoption. The Holy Ghost is your adoption. It is the answer to the question, to sin's question, that I don't have to sin anymore. I don't have those desires anymore. It's the answer. Notice Brother Brown said, I used to work for a railroad company. He goes, and before that car could be sealed, the inspector would come around to see if that car was properly loaded. You know, he'd come in, he'll shake it. He'll climb on the inside. He'll make sure all the contents are exactly where they should be and all tied down the way they should be. Because he said there was going to be a rough road ahead. He had to make sure that the contents on the inside of that cart would make it there. And when he shut the door and put his seal on it, he was verifying that the contents, I've done inspected it. Everything on the inside of here is where it needs to be. The life is where it should be. And I put my approval on it. And he was declaring, it's going to make it at their eternal destiny. 
destination. And what am I telling you? When God gives you the Holy Ghost, when God gives you that answer, he is telling you right now, brothers, no matter how bad Laodicea gets, no matter how sick you get, no matter how tired you get, you're going to make it. Oh, hallelujah. We're going to make it. Oh, glory to God. You don't have to worry about falling. You don't have to worry about coming short. You're going to make it. We got the evidence. We got the answer tonight. The Holy Ghost in the heart of a believer is the answer. He said, what's the Holy Ghost doing? He goes and he inspects. That's the reason you can't. Notice, I want you to hear this. He goes, that's the reason you can't have these things like, well, I spoke in tongues and I shouted and I danced in the spirit. He said, that don't have one thing to do with it. So some of you that shouted, that's fine. We want you to shout. Some of you that jumped and danced in the spirit, that's fine. We want you to continue that. Some of you that spoke in tongues, keep speaking in tongues. But that ain't it. You got to make sure that the contents are sealed. You got to make sure that what's on the inside of you is past inspection. It's a rough road ahead. Look around. Look at Fox News. Look at CNN. Look what's going on all around us. You got to be blind, deaf, and dumb to not realize we're at the end of the age. Oh, but we got a promise. We got a promise, Brother L. Oh, that the con, the inspector's coming through even again tonight. And what is he doing? He's here tonight to put his stamp on a young person, to put his approval on a young person tonight. Let's say, yes, you have met the requirements. You have met it. The contents are where they need to be. And I'm going to seal you with the Holy Ghost until the day of your redemption. So we have a positive token. Brother Bam will say the Holy Spirit is our token. Therefore, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you pass from death unto life. He said, that's all there is to it because life is in you. You can no more perish. He that's born of God does not commit sin for he cannot sin. For the seed of God, amen, the seed of God remains in him. And now he can, he says, and now, he goes, and how can he sin when a sinless God is in him? Think about it. How can you sin when a sinless God is in you? But Satan says, how can a sinless God be in you when you're man? How? Never, never had there been a man outside of Christ was able to withstand my vices, withstand my, my temptations. I could put those images in front of them. They're going to fall every time. But like Jesus, God's declared, I go, I'm going to have one. I'm going to have somebody. I'm going to have sons and daughters of God. They're going to get down there. It's going to be the worst age. They're going to be in the midst of Satan's eating, but they're going to come out. They're going to be in the midst of the worst age ever known to man, sin, depravity on every part. But they're going to keep their head up. They're going to keep looking to the word. They're going to keep professing. Why? Because it ain't them. It's no longer I that live it, but Christ that liveth in me. That's the answer tonight to the devil's question. It ain't you doing it with your humanity. It ain't you doing it because you belong to even like Tabernacle. It's not you doing it because you say, I believe God sent a prophet. It ain't you because you believe William Bradley. It's because Almighty God has come down and sealed you with the Holy Ghost. There's the answer to the devil's question. There's the answer to sin's question. There's the answer to the sickness question. There's the answer right there. And we had the answer. It's not a guessing game. You don't have to worry about it. 
Will I be? When will it happen? If you got the Holy Ghost tonight, you got the answer. You can walk around with your head up. You ain't got to be intimidated because you don't know the answer. Because you got it tonight. Some of you that's born again of the Holy Ghost. Now, so does Brother Branham preached adoption to spirit-filled people. Think about it. Notice when he was preaching. He preached the Pentecostals that claimed they were born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, and women were cutting their hair, wearing makeup. Some starting to wear pants and trousers. Men telling dirty jokes, smoking cigarettes. Pentecostals. Men living two or three times with several different women. Some of them having kids outside of their, their, their spouse. And yet they're claiming born again, Holy Ghost filled people. And that's why the prophet of God said, you, got, you claim that, but you got to go on to adoption. Otherwise, what was he telling them? He said, what you got didn't work. Only what you received was an apportion. But I'm here to tell you, there's more than a portion that's been given in this hour, church. God had come and visited us personally in this age. It's got to be more than an Azusa street with the restoration of gifts. And we appreciate Azusa. It has its place. But don't tie your experience to an Azusa sensation. Don't tie your experience to a speaking in tongues or a dance or a shout. You tie your experience to the word of God. Make sure that he has come on the inside and your natures are now changed and your desires are changed. Notice now. I love how Brother Tim put this. He said, within the Azusa full gospel movement, people were abandoning every vestige and standard of holiness, and they refused to take on his name. See, their misbehavior prevented them from being positioned in the body. Their misbehavior. But your behavior, your obedience, permits you to receive that stamp of approval, that seal of the Holy Ghost. See, it's a token. That's why the token message is so important. And notice, when was the token given? In the evening time. So I'm going to say something. Without this message, you couldn't receive the Holy Ghost. You could receive a portion. So in Luther's day, they received a portion of the Holy Ghost justification. And when Wesley came, they received another portion of the Holy Ghost in sanctification. Then in the early 1900s with the Azusa movement, they received another portion, the restoration of the gifts. But Malachi 4, when Malachi 4 came, that's when the hearts of the people begin to be turned back to the faith of the Father. So it would take a Malachi 4 ministry to what bring the word of God back down to a people where it's no longer God in portion and justification and just sanctification or just gifts and shouting and dance but now in this hour through this message we once again have invited almighty God to come back and tabernacle our humanity oh hallelujah church we got the answer and it ain't just some portion it's the full deal we got the answer tonight God once again is on display in this hour we have notice what he says in the token message We have a token in this day. He says, we've been given a token, which is the anti-type of the type of the natural token. He says, we have been given the supernatural, supreme token. 
He didn't say Azusa received it. He didn't say Luther received it. He didn't say Wesley received it. He said we received it. Come on, some of you, get the frown off your face and look at what he's telling you tonight. You've received that supreme, supernatural, supreme token. Never has there been an age to where the Holy Ghost can come back. A people, a bride that he can put his life in. Never. Notice, see, the previous ages only had them in portion. And Brother Brown will tell us, he says, now, all that was foreshadowed had been given to this generation. All that's been foreshadowed. Blessed are your eyes, for they see. And blessed are your ears, for they hear what other generations have longed for. What Pentecostal, they got so close, but they couldn't carry over. They got right up to the border, looked over, said, you know what? I'm not going to take on that name. God said, that's fine. I'll have a people that will. And that's why the message came. And the messenger comes at the end of the age with a purpose to call out a people. To call out a people with an answer. With an answer. Oh, my. Oh, you know, let me just, can I go just a little bit further? Notice, now all that's been foreshadowed has been portions of the Spirit. That's been, but in this generation, we got the fullness. See, it wasn't the fullness in Luther's day or Wesley's day or Zeus's day. But through the message of Malachi 4, God had once again given this generation the token life. See, it's no longer God above us in the pillar of fire. It's no longer God with us in Christ walking with us. But now it's God in us. Oh, my. Oh, man, I think about that when I walk, I knew the life I used to live, and now I've been filled with the Holy Spirit and things I used to desire, I don't desire no more. And I trust every one of you been born again of the Holy Spirit can say the same thing. The things I used to desire, I don't desire no more. The life I used to live, I don't live anymore. The things I used to do, I don't do anymore. Why? Because why? Because you've been adopted. Because you've been placed. Because you've been sealed. It's a finished work. Notice he would tell us that the, our identification is to manifest the word of God. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe, not just professors, but identified believers. They shall follow them that believe, just absolutely impossible for it not to happen. So these brothers that don't want the signs, they don't want to be true followers of Christ. Because he said, it's just absolutely impossible for it not to happen. The works that I do, shall you do also. That's the identification. Jesus' identification was to manifest the word of God, which he was. And the church's identification today is to manifest the promised word of this day by the same spirit that manifested and quickened the word then. So those that are going in the rapture, how many of you going in the rapture? You can't have just a portion. You got to have the fullness. You can have, you got to have more than just a confession of faith. We appreciate that, but you got to build on that confession and get sanctified. You got to get more than just sanctified. You got to be born again of the Spirit of God. Brother Brown said, You can be justified without being sanctified. You can be sanctified without being, being, being Holy Ghost filled. He goes, But you can never receive the Son, but what first you got to go through all these channels. Notice a person can do all this and still not have the Holy Spirit. 
See, you can be justified without being sanctified and sanctified without having the Holy Ghost. But when it comes to finish both justification and sanctification, the seal of the Lord Jesus Christ by the baptism is put on you. So that's what we want, church. And the message is to bring back the word. You believe that? And Christ is the word. So if the message is to bring back the word, which is Christ, and how could you be filled with the Holy Spirit in fullness prior to the message? So it's more than just a baptism of the Holy Ghost on the spirit realm that we want. It's more than just an emotional response of rejoicing and shouting. And if Azusa movement and its predecessors like Luther and Wesley was the final quickening, then why did we need the message? Why did we need the message to come? Because the message is bringing back Christ. Not just in letter form. Not just in tape form. But it's bringing back Christ in bride form. It's bringing back Christ in word form. The word once again made flesh and dwelling among us. Your neighbor, you look at it, look past that veil. That's the word made flesh. And all their failures and all their flaws, it's still the word made flesh for those who have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So the baptism of the Holy Ghost is the answer. It's the token. It's the literal life. It's the proof that you have died to self and to the things of the world and you had been sealed. It's your identification that you are in fact a son and daughter of God. It's the fact that the life of the Father is living in you. And Brother Brown, I'm going to close here in just a few minutes. He said, there's been churches, churches. And there have been brides, brides, churches and brides. He said, but there has to come one. There's been claims put on as being the bride through many generations. But they only had a portion. And yet they had a claim. But he said, there has to come one. That's both dynamics and the mechanics. Preach the gospel is not just preaching it like I am right now with voice. But he said to preach the gospel is to demonstrate the power of the word of God. To make that word do what it says it will do. To make that word perform what it says it will do. That's what is bringing back or that's what the Holy Ghost is to do in this hour. Is to declare that the same work, the same signs, the same word is among the same people professing the same life. So the bride, he said, the, he said, and being the groom, the bride has to come forth because it's part of him. And I'm just going to skip over some things now. So the same word that speaks of the groom speaks of the bride. See, God foresaw the bride in the groom. And Jesus took his wife's place and became sin for her. Remember, he became you. He stood your punishment that you might stand in his place. He stood in your place that you might stand in his place. What a love. What a fellowship. Oh, Pentecostal. He said the Pentecostal experience today, the coming of the Holy Ghost in the last days as promised, is the abstract to the title deed. Come on, somebody. Do you realize what that is? How many of you got a deed to a car? Some of y'all ain't paid your car off. That's okay. 
But you get a deed to that car. But you know what? If you got that deed, but it don't mean that there ain't a claim put on that deed. Somebody may still have a lien on it. But oh, let me tell you, when you get the abstract to that deed, it, what is it telling? It's telling you everything that's ever been put on that title, everything there's been a search all the way down through the resources, and everything has been struck off, and now you receive the abstract title. Anything that mama did, grandpapa did, whatever it may have done, it don't matter. It's been struck off, and you've received the abstract. And the Holy Ghost is the abstract title. It says you have passed from death unto life. You can't no more die than what God can die. Why? You've got an abstract. And the Holy Ghost is the abstract, church. You've been accepted. Everything struck off, Brother Tim. It's gone. Ain't no depression. Ain't no anxiety. Ain't no fear. Ain't no complex. Ain't no family strength. It's struck off. We got an abstract. I said we got the abstract tonight. We got the answer. <laughs> there ain't no claim on it. Satan comes around buzzing, tormenting you. The prophet of God said you can wave your token. Wave your token before. What you telling them? I don't belong to you. I got a abstract. I got the token. I got the answer. I got the answer. I got the answer. We got the answer to cancer. We got the answer to broken homes. We got the answer to broken marriages. We got the answer to prodigals. We got the answer tonight because God saw fit to give us an abstract, to give you the token, to give you a seal. And it ain't something you got to guess about. It's something you know. It's something you know. The abstract, it means the debt has been settled. Whew. No more question whether you're good enough or not. We got an abstract. No more question whether you're saved or not. You got an abstract. No more questions whether you can be healed or not. You got an abstract. You got the answer. No more questions about being a son and daughter of God. You know because you have an answer. You have an abstract. Brother Bam said, what's an abstract? means it searched all the way back to the beginning. Oh, I love that. Oh, hallelujah, church. Let me bring this to a close. Musicians, if you would come. I'll skip over a little bit here. Brother Bam said, if you believe the message of the Bible and the present message of the day, a vindication of it, the reason you're sitting here is because you were predestinated to sit here. You wouldn't be here otherwise. You would, you'd been on the street, maybe a drunk. Brother Johnny, we've been there. Been on the street, drunk, gambling, partying, womanizing. But that ain't who we are now. Oh, Satan tried to put a claim on you. But God struck it off. That's my son. Struck off. Struck it off. He don't even remember it, Brother Johnny. It seemed to see a God's forgiveness. Thank God he don't remember what we used to do. Thank God he don't remember what we used to be. Only thing God looks at, he looks through the eyes of his word, and he says, that was a thought in my mind before the foundation of the world, and what they're doing down there, hey, you know what? I'm going to get them into an atmosphere where I can put my seal upon them. I'm going to get them in the atmosphere on a Wednesday night where they can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that I can give them an abstract title deed, and I can reassure them everything down through the ages, everything down through family strength, every bit of been struck off tonight because I've given them the abstract title.
Notice Satan comes. If thou be a son of God. He'd been looking for your coming. He purposed. Give me some preacher chorus, Andrew. He'd been looking. He they got to focus. I'm going to stop that seed. If thou be. If thou be. If you're a real believer, then you wouldn't do this. If you're a real believer, you wouldn't do this. How in the world can you claim that you're a real believer when you're totally man? How can you say God's on the inside when you're totally man and you got your flaws? Brother Tony, you got your failures. You got your mistakes. Well, if God's on the inside, there ain't no way that that's living inside of that right there. Let me tell you what your prophet says. He said, I'm talking about the headship of Christ. Notice now being personally identified by the original headship. Oh, not the headship of Pentecost. Not the headship of Presbyterian. Not the headship of some denomination. Not the headship in Jeffersonville. But the headship. The original headship. The head Jesus Christ coming down to the body. Oh, hallelujah. What's he doing? Giving that body life. Giving that body life. And that body is coming forth. Oh, listen what the prophet said. He says, we had the answer to the devil's question. Amen, glory. We had the answer to the devil's question. He, Christ, is risen. And he paid the price. And he's raising up the body. Oh, I would tell you, don't get happy down here. He's raising up the body. Oh, see. He says, we got the devil's answer. Not me that liveth, but Christ were living in me. It's not my idea. It's his power. It's not my idea. It's his word. He promised it. Here it is. He said it would be here. And it's here. He says, we got the answer. Christ has risen. And he's paid the price of our redemption. What God in Christ manifested, he gave that flesh that the blood that's in the blood might come into the life and the flesh be redeemed. And he said, listen now. He said, and that God in this redeemed flesh could manifest his word for this day and it says just as he did in that day there's the answer that God in this redeemed flesh can manifest the same signs the same wonders the same word the same power as he did in that flesh oh my he said "Woo, glory think about it God in this redeemed flesh there's the answer. My, you don't like the answer, do you? It's the answer. God in this redeemed flesh. He said, we have the answer to the devil's question. We have Satan's answer. God has vindicated himself. God proves himself to his promise in this day. Hallelujah. The headship is here. Amen. Christ the risen Lord. He is here in the same power of his resurrection that he ever was. Manifesting himself. There's the answer to the question. 
But the, what, what, what Jesus was 2,000 years ago, the bride is tonight in 2024. And if God should tarry, we will be the same power, the same anointing, the same person that he was in 2025, 2026, 2027, until these bodies are changed. Why? Because it ain't us, church. It's God's question. It's God's answer. And you got it tonight. God is once again in a lie. He's alive in men and women, boys and girls. He's alive in even like tabernacle. There's your question. There's your answer, Satan. He's here among us tonight. And not only even like tabernacle, but he's there. He's around the world. He's with Brother Timothy tonight. There in Uganda. He's going to be there in those cities. Why the great almighty God is going to pour out his spirit. Because he's the answer. Notice the headship in the body has become one unit it's God manifested in his people that's the reason a husband and wife are no longer twain they're one God and his church is one Christ in you God's great revelation see it's the anointed body of Christ proving manifested God like that body did and that body redeemed every one of these bodies and through there God works his threefold manifestation going to the kingdom, risen, paid the price. We're redeemed. God proved it. Christ in you. A great revelation. We stand justified tonight, church. You cannot be judged because he's already judged you in Christ. There you are. He says, there's the body of Christ. Living, standing, redeemed. Oh my, he says, justified in the sight. We are justified. We are his victory. Come on, somebody. You got the victory tonight? He says, we are his victory. The church is his victory. We come forth in this last days with this glorious gospel showing his victory. He died for this purpose and we're proof of his victory. Amen. He says, when we see him coming down, living among the church, that's his victory. When we see God manifesting in evil like tabernacle, that's his victory. When we see God conquering demons, that's his victory. When we see him coming in and destroying cancer, that's his victory. When we see him coming and repairing homes, that's his victory. When we see him coming in young person and they give their heart to God and they stop their way to Calvary, that's his victory. Oh, that's what we're seeing, church. You are the victory. You are the, oh, hallelujah. You are the answer tonight. Oh, the devil don't know what to do with you. Yeah, I said with you. He don't know what to do with you tonight. Because you got the revelation that it ain't me. And it ain't my preacher. And it ain't my church. And it ain't my message. But it's my God. It's my God. Oh, notice. As I bring this to a close. He said, why? Because she is flesh of his flesh. She, come on, she stand to your feet tonight. She is bone of his bone. She is life of his life. She, she is him. There's the answer, church. It ain't you, it's him. 
It ain't never been you. It's always been him. When you gave your heart to God, it wasn't you. It was him. And it's him tonight. He's still here. He's still moving. Sister Jessica, come back and sing that song. Let me tell you, he's still doing the impossible. He's still moving mountains. He's still restoring hope. He's still here tonight. Why? Because he's still God. Oh, Satan questions your right to the word. Questions your authority to use the word. Questions your claim to be a son and daughter of God. Questions your healing. He questions your deliverance. He questions your salvation. And he questions your rapture. But I say, just stick around, Satan. Stick around. Because we're going to show you some proof. We're going to show you some proof. The sick are going to be healed. The cancer are going to leave. Because he does the impossible. God's still moving mountains. Prodigals are going to come home. we got a lot of places prepared for prodigals. Oh, say you don't believe it. Just wait. Oh, come on, mom and dad. Just wait. you got to believe for it. Believe for your sons and daughters. Believe for your loved ones. Believe for the offspring that they and their sons shall be there with them. Let me tell you, it's ever been a time to believe. It's tonight. It's right now. We gotta believe that God is still God. We gotta believe that He can do what He says He'll do. We gotta believe He ain't just up there in heaven, but He's here in His body, doing the same work, doing the same thing. He's just waiting for somebody to call Him out of heaven. Just wait. Say, you don't believe somebody's going to take a rapture? Oh, one day, between 6 and 9 in the morning. Oh, do you believe it tonight? One day we're going to shut these old vessels of humanity. And we're going to step into a new body. Never to get old. Never to have a pain. Never to have a sickness. Never to have a heartache. Oh, hallelujah, somebody. Just wait, Satan. Stick around long enough. We got the answer. We've already read the back of the book. That he's been cast down. He's been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. The Holy Ghost. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Testifying this is who he is. He's the head, I'm the body. And we got the evidence. Go for it. They say this mountain can be moved. They say these chains will never break. But they don't know you like we
Nothing may be formed, but it won't prosper. Everyone that rages, he will win. I serve knows only how to triumph. Oh, my God, And you turn it for me. 